0: And Welcome, thank you so much Justin for allowing me this opportunity to speak and uh, it's such an honor to be here at chapel today and as Justin mentioned I used to be a youth pastor and uh, one of the students that had been in my ministry texted me a picture uh, earlier this week my name was on a video board and so I sent that to my mom and I said your boy has made it and uh, she said I don't know about that but it is still great uh, to be able to be here this morning and uh, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to be able to, to share on a subject that I really believe strongly in, which is this idea of what it means to live out our faith. But uh, before I jump into what I feel like God has lit on my heart, uh, I just want to, uh, as Justin mentioned, uh, show you a picture of my family, and uh, uh, this is my wife and boys. Maybe they'll come up, maybe they won't. Uh, anyway, I, I do have a family, and uh, <laughs> they're awesome looking. So... her name out, two boys, and she looks great, and uh, no, don't tell her I said that, but uh, we have two boys, uh, Elijah, he is seven, and uh, Isaiah, he is three, and I love being a dad, um, one of my favorite things in this world, but my seven-year-old in particular, Elijah, he is my mini-me, and uh, he would be with me 24-7 if I let him. Um, in fact, even this morning, he was trying to tell me he's uh, in first grade. He was trying to, trying to tell me that he needed to come with to check out school. And I'm like, son, you're so far from that. But uh, uh, I'm really big into competition. There's two kinds of people in this world. There's those of us to win, and then there's everyone else. And so uh, my, uh, uh, my, my seven-year-old is an exact carbon copy of myself. He is intense about everything. He is energetic every time I go back home my mom always looks at me and says it's about time that you get what you deserve in him and uh, growing up uh, I might be dumb as a parent sometimes but I ain't stupid and so uh, early on I learned that one of the best ways to end the day was to create a competition. And so Elijah would, uh, We would have a competition. The race would be who could clean up the most toys uh, as fast as they could and then sprint to the room. And so the first one in his bedroom was declared the winner. And so uh, after about two weeks in a row of him winning every single day, he turned and he looked at me and he said, Dad, I'm sorry that you always have to be the loser. 24 hours could not go by quick enough. I mean, Usain Bolt would not have been able to keep up with me. I waited, and waited, and waited, and by the time the next night came around, I crushed him. And so uh, I'm in his bedroom celebrating. He's in the hallway in a puddle of tears. My wife is giving me the look that only wives can give. Like, what is wrong with you? And uh, uh, but anyway, that's a little bit about myself and, and my family. Uh, that was all for free. Um, Like I said, I'm so excited to be able to share with you about what it means to live out our faith. About what it means to live out our faith in the context of the world and in the challenge of the world that you and I live in. And this morning, I want to begin by asking you and asking me a question. Growing up, what was your dream? Growing up, what was your dream? What was it that you wanted to be? What was it that you wanted to accomplish in life? Uh, If you were to ask my children, they would give all kinds of different answers, and sometimes they'll say things like a police officer or a fireman or maybe somebody who's in the Army or a football player. Uh, One time, my my oldest, Elijah, we were talking about what we wanted to be, and uh, he said, Dad, what is it that you do? And I said, I'm a pastor. And he said, not that. And... uh, (laughs) But sometimes we have these, these dreams of, of wanting to accomplish something and sometimes they're realistic, but, but sometimes when I ask my kids what they want to be, they'll come up with crazy things. My, my youngest Isaiah, he's three, he's really big into Paw Patrol. For the seven of you who know what that is, I'm sorry, but, but he loves Paw Patrol and it's his favorite thing in the world. And So if you ask him what he wants to be in life, he'll tell you he wants to be the next Paw Patrol character. Or sometimes they'll say things like, I want to be a T-Rex or I want to be a bull shark or something that's crazy and that's out there. But I wonder this, I wonder this, why is it, why is it that when we start out in life, we believe that we are able to accomplish and we are able to be anything? Why is it when we start out in life, we believe that we can accomplish, and that we can do anything? And we begin to move into elementary school or junior high, or we begin to go to high school. And instead of being the star athlete, we find ourselves being the ones that are on the bench. Instead of being the smartest in the class, we're just barely making passing grades. Instead of being the lead in the school play, you end up being an extra who's pushed off to the side. It's amazing to me that oftentimes in our life, we are informed and we begin to believe and our hopes and dreams begin to shrink, not out of what we think we can accomplish, but through the lens of all the ways that we have failed and through the lens of all the ways that you and I have come up short. In fact, over 50% of college students end up switching their major at some point in time along the way. I don't have to tell you that for those of you who are in this room that are on your second, third, fourth, whatever major that you've now declared. But I wonder why it is that we start out and believe that we can accomplish anything. The box is infinite when we begin to dream, and over time it begins to shrink, and over time it begins to change. And so the question that I have for us this morning is probably a question that few of us have ever thought of, and it's just this. Has there ever been a time in your life where you've thought to yourself, what is my spiritual dream? What is my spiritual dream? See, I think in the context of living out our faith, and I think in the context of of living out what God has called us to, have we ever asked ourselves the question, God, what is it that I can do for you? What is it that you want to do in and through me? Because I think most of us, Most of us spend a majority of our time not thinking about the ways that God can use us and not looking at the landscape of what he can accomplish in and through our lives and what he wants to accomplish in and through our lives and viewing it as we can do great and wonderful and awesome things. But we view ourselves through the lens of all the ways that we have been told throughout the years that we don't measure up. All the ways throughout the years that we don't make it all the ways throughout the years that we aren't what we thought we were created to be what is your spiritual dream because i believe that if we are going to have a faith that is living that is vibrant that is active and that begins to change the world and the people that are around us we need to begin to believe that you and i are necessary that you and I are needing, and that what God wants to accomplish in and through your life does not fit into the box of the reality of the hopes and dreams that you have, but that he can do immeasurably more. See, sometimes I think we spend so much time studying and looking at at God's word, and I believe in, in studying and having the knowledge of what this book says. But I believe a part of that is not just having knowledge, but living it out about being active, about believing that you and I are called. And so through the lens of Scripture, I want to take just a few moments and point us to one of my favorite stories in Scripture. One of my favorite stories in Scripture. It's the story of Jeremiah. And so Jeremiah chapter one is where I want to spend a few moments this morning. Jeremiah chapter one, starting in verse four, it says this. It says, the word of the Lord came to me, meaning Jeremiah, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Man, before you were born, I knew you. I think if we only just paused on that verse today, it would transform and it would change the way that we went about our day that God knew us before that there was a task and that there was a purpose think about it with me for just a second before you were born God has gifted and given you a unique skill set and talents before you were born God viewed you as necessary and as needed and there are things that God has uniquely gifted you to do. You and I are not an accident. But sometimes we view ourselves, and when we view ourselves through the lens of all the ways that we come up short, we think about what maybe God might be calling us to do or maybe what he might be asking or requiring of us. And we think to ourselves, that's crazy. Like, come on now. Like, you sure you got the right guy? You sure you got the right girl? Like, that looks crazy and insane. I I was thinking about this this week. You know what isn't an accident? This. This is not an accident. It's a cheese grater. I was thinking to myself this week, you know how crazy this is? Somebody at some point in time along the way thought to themselves, you know what this world needs? It needs shredded cheese. Right? This world needs shredded cheese. And sometimes we look at this, and when you look at this thing, like there's the holes that, you know, we usually use, and then there's like the smaller and smaller holes, that you're like, why did you even put that on there? But, but when, you look at, when you look at a cheese grater, we look at, we look at this, and it looks so different. It, it looks so crazy. When you think about the need that's there, you're kind of like, wait a minute, like some dude like got tired of using a knife to like hack through a block of cheese and was like, this is the solution, you know? You know what's crazy to me? What's crazy to me is that one of these is in almost every home throughout America today. It's something that we look at and think to ourselves, like, man, do we really need that? Does my cheese-eating experience really change a ton if it's based on shredded or blocked? But it's something that we use on a fairly regular and consistent basis. There was a need that was in this world, something that needed to be fulfilled. And I think sometimes we look in, we think to ourselves, like, I think God might be calling me to do this, or I think God might be gifting me to go and to be a part of something. But we look at whatever that is, and we begin to say to ourselves, man, it just doesn't measure up. It doesn't look the way that I want it to look. And here's what I love about the story of Jeremiah, you would think that if God came and told you, before you, in the, you were even born, I knew you, and appointed and gave you a task, that for each and every one of us in this room, we'd be pumped and we'd be excited. Like to have God come and say, by the way, here's your path, and here's what I've called you to do, that we would be going crazy. That we'd say, finally, I know what I'm supposed to do. But Jeremiah's reaction, and this is what I love about Scripture, is so incredibly similar to the way that me and you, me and you approach God. Because here's Jeremiah's response. Verse 6, he says this. He says, The last sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak, because I am too young. See, I think that we see flaws I think we see failure and I think that when in the beginning we thought we could accomplish anything through years we've been told that we don't measure up but God does not see flaws when we see flaws he sees potential when, when we see ways that we don't measure up he sees grace and mercy and love When we feel like we're inadequate, he he sees ways that he can strengthen and walk alongside us and new experiences that we can have in depending upon him. See, I think that each and every one of us in this room, including and especially myself, can always, always, always come up with reasons why we couldn't, why we wouldn't, why we shouldn't, or why we flat out won't. We can always come up with reasons why we couldn't, wouldn't, shouldn't, or won't. And Jeremiah looks around, and he looks at other people, and he thinks to himself, God, you've got the wrong person. Like, you've appointed me to be your spokesperson. You've appointed me to be your prophet. You want me to be the one who goes to the nations. Like, look at all of the ways that I have failed throughout my life. But God does not see it that way. And this morning, here's what I want to drive home to you and to us this morning. God has made you specifically for a purpose. Living out your faith demands each and every one of us to recognize that God has called and uniquely gifted you and that you are needed and that you are necessary and that God does not view you through the lens of all of the ways that you have not measured up. I love this response from God. He looks at Jeremiah and he says this, verse 7, but the Lord said to me, do not say, I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you. You know why I love that word rescue being in there? Because that means that when God calls us to do things, and when we begin to believe that living out our faith demands us thinking outside of the box of our reality and the ways that we believe that we are gifted, that we might find ourselves in moments where we need to be rescued. But the call in my life and the call in your life is to be obedient. The call in my life and the call in your life is to be obedient. Obedient, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Verse 9, I love this. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words into your mouth. I have put my words into your mouth we're going to live out our faith, I believe that you and I need to stop putting God into the box of what we believe is our reality, and into the box of all the ways that we feel that we do not measure up. The world is desperate and is begging for hope, and our call is to live out our faith in a courageous way. Now this past Monday, uh, I was at a funeral. 20 year old college student, Trinity Bible College up in North Dakota, passed away tragically in a car accident last week. That was one of the most uh, challenging, um, amazing funeral services I'd, I'd ever been to. She had been a follower of Christ, and it was an interesting dynamic because her and one brother were the only two in her family that had any semblance of faith. The rest of her family does not follow God. And yet the funeral service itself was a testimony about what she believed and who she believed God was. But the officiant at that wedding said something that I've been thinking about a ton this week. He just said this, no one has ever remembered For what they chose not to say and no one is ever remembered for the actions that they chose not to do man we bury we execute and we ignore what god is calling us to do because we spend time comparing and contrasting We spend time looking at all the ways that everyone else is gifted, and we look through the lens of failure at ourselves. What if, what if God is calling you to do something big? What if God is calling you to do something that is amazing and powerful? And by the way, I think sometimes we get far too fixated on doing something big and that it has to be something that has large numbers and is a movement that takes off. And I'm not saying that those things are bad. Like, I'm thankful for the way that God chooses to pour out his spirit. But sometimes we think to ourselves, I can't do anything because it will never be an organization or it will never be a movement that has hundreds or thousands of people. But what if... What if God's call on your life isn't to be to a thousand or to hundreds, but what if it's to be something to, s- to ten or five? What if his call is to be something to one person? What is it that God might be calling you to do to live out your faith? A world that is desperate for a message of hope. That we are ignoring. and That we are walking away from. It is not about the box of the reality that you live in what is your spiritual dream what is your spiritual dream what is it that God might want to accomplish and do through you not tomorrow not next week or next month or next year but what might God want to accomplish in and through you today what are the phone calls that you need to make, the text messages that you need to send, the ways that you allow God to interrupt your daily routine and your daily schedule? See, I believe that it isn't about comfort, and I believe that it isn't about obedience, but I've, or it isn't about comfort, it isn't about convenience, but that it is about obedience. It is about obedience, It is about following what God has called you and I to do, and most of us shrink down that dream. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, it's where the name of my church, Imagine Church, comes from, but it just says this. Now to he who is able to do immeasurably more. Now to he who is able to do immeasurably more, greater than what you or I could ever hope for or imagine, by his power that is at work within us and within the church, to him be the glory and the honor and the praise, both now and forever, amen. My challenge to you this morning is this, dream big. Dream big and live out what God has called you to do live out what god has called you to do stop looking at yourself through the lens of all the ways you don't measure up god is walking alongside you right now in this moment you are capable of more than what you think you are capable of more than what you believe and in and through in and through the power of the holy spirit working in our lives we can accomplish big and great things for god but oftentimes we find ourselves giving him our second rate And giving him our second best and oftentimes we find ourselves not viewing life through the lens of success but through the lens of failure I close with this you know what my favorite part of the story of Jeremiah is my favorite part of the story of Jeremiah is not all the ways that God accomplished big and mighty things in and through him Because when you think about the scope of his ministry and what he was able to accomplish throughout the years, decades that he spent being the prophet for God, you know what the fruit of his ministry was? Almost nothing. He faced challenge after challenge, difficulty after difficulty, roadblock after roadblock. Yet, when we are thinking and listing of the people that were faithful and those of our, our faith, when we look through scripture that we see as heroes, Jeremiah is one of the names that we come up with. See, I believe, I believe with everything that I have that just because something doesn't take off and become huge and big doesn't mean that it wasn't successful and doesn't mean that it wasn't what God wanted or intended. We bury, we execute, and we ignore what God is calling us to do. And so this morning, dream big, have the courage to follow and believe. That through him and the power of his spirit, that you can do immeasurably more. Join me, if you would, in prayer. (coughs) God, I think about all the dreams that I've ignored. I think about all of the small tugs in my spirit, that gut feeling that I've walked away from. God, oftentimes I sell short what I believe I can accomplish. Oftentimes I sell short the ways that I believe that you can use me. And so God, I pray for each and every one of us in this room, but God, I pray that we'll have the power, that we'll have the courage, that we'll have the humility to think about what it might be that you're calling us to. God, what is our spiritual dream? What is it that you might want to accomplish in and through our lives? And so God, I just humbly ask that when we dream, we dream big and that we believe you're capable of doing immeasurably more, greater than what you or what we or I could ever hope for or imagine. So God, I thank you for this morning, for the opportunity to speak and to share. God, I pray that that we will follow, that we'll be courageous, and that we'll be obedient. It's in your son's precious and holy name we pray. Amen.